Welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. My name is Pete Wright, and I am joined today by our CTO, Jeff Freed. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Delightful to talk to you, Pete. I imagine this is a pretty good show for you, Jeff. This is we're, we're trucking in your favorite playground, are we not? Absolutely, because we're really talking about what Microsoft's doing with intelligent search and some exciting news. And we have Mark Cashman, my friend, uh, who's the product manager for this area from Microsoft joining us. Absolutely. His name is on the byline of the latest announcement on the Delve blog titled Intelligence Powered Search, Delve and Microsoft Graph Updates. He has joined us to share more on personalized search across these tools and and mostly to uh, talk with Jeff on his favorite subject. Mark, welcome to Shared Insights. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I come to you in the northwest here where we're kind of still in that rain zone. Um, but it's intelligent rain, so we're going to learn a lot from the rain as it falls. Would you kick us off by sharing with us what is, sir, the news of the day? Why are we delighted to see your face in that little blue circle on the Delve blog? Well, I, I, I love that you phrase it that way. But the news of the day is certainly what we're doing to add to the category, not just transform it, but to add to the category of search where, you know, for a number of years now with some properties like Delve and what we're doing with search in general, we're really trying to broaden that category to help people not only search, but discover content. And in that realm of discovery, the value there is we've been plugging into uh, a means for people to be able to find content based on the people that they know, the work that they've been doing, and how can that help target and refine down to the things that hopefully matter most to them without having to weed through everything. They can kind of get through the clutter and find the data, the documents, the people, uh, that they really are looking for, maybe even if we do it right, the things that come looking for them, and then you get to pick and choose from the things that the back-end machine is really saying. Were you looking for this? Were you looking for that? And so as we were refine that, you'll, you'll hear us talk about the Microsoft graph. You'll hear us about intelligence throughout the enterprise. And it really is that gem when you start to plug it into search that starts to transform it into a pretty common action. You type in some keywords and you get results back. And having those results be more relevant, more intuitive to what you actually do every day and who you work with. And based on that keyword and that smarts behind the, uh, the engine that's driving your experience, you get a much more refined, targeted set of results. And so in the blog, we covered what we announced uh, and what we're now starting to release really this week. Uh, we call it personalized search, and it's coming first to Delve. So now I'm in Delve, where I'm naturally going to discover content and people that are working on that content around me based on those interactions with the people and the content that I work with. And as you apply that to search, and I type in a keyword like the HR loyalty program, um, it's going to show me the closest people related to me that also are related to those keywords or the closest related content also based on those keywords. And it's my sphere. And this is where I think, you know, Jeff, I'd love to get your thoughts on, on the trends and where we're going. But as that realm and sphere, which we call the Microsoft graph, that intelligent kind of entity on the back end, more and more over time, it knows who I am. I'm logged in as Mark. You're logged in as Jeff. And, of course, everybody else is logged in as they are in their enterprise. And to have the system know more about you and to be able to present more and more things to you. Uh, and so we've started to bring this across the Office 365 suite, and it even plays into kind of a hybrid mode from a how we can leverage the search index and add that layer of intelligence on top of it. 
Um, so it comes into importance in a lot of places. Where we're getting started, which is really, again, to your question, bringing that intelligence behind when you actually do a search in Office 365 and, and, and what we now do in Delve is, is where we're starting. Yeah, and Mark, I'm I, uh, very excited about this, both because of the specific news of personalized discovery, but because of the overall vision. You know, Delve has, was first unveiled three years ago. And to me, regular updates and continued deep progress are a sign that Microsoft's really investing. Yeah, you know, if you look at the different surface areas where we're really bringing this through, obviously for us, Delve is a prime example of when you start to build up this muscle of what people are doing with their colleagues. And of course, I'd love to caveat just to kind of get it out of the way, because there's a, a common concern that when you start to track these interactions with people, who shares what file and who actually reaches out and maybe joins the same group as somebody else, and of course, email and, and calendar information, and then the breadth of all the types of signals that we collect that really just tell us a little bit more about somebody. The what you do with those signals is crucial to the experience and hopefully the value, certainly, of searching and discovering. But there's also those concerns of, wow, they seem to know a lot about me. What are they going to do with it? And the, the transparent answer, which we echo in so many places, is we do nothing except for provide additional value to your experience in your, in your productivity uh, space day to day. Um, but we don't change permissions. We don't share the information beyond the realm of those that actually have access to those places or people that you're working with. Um, but then on top of that is really, um, you know, Look at Delve. Delve is a feed of what's going on around you based on who you work with and what you work on. As we start to plug in that same graph experience into things like the SharePoint home experience, so you get site suggestions, things you might be interested to go visit and read up on what other teams are doing in their team site. We also plug into a files experience in OneDrive for Business. So I'm in OneDrive, and that's a place for me to manage my files, whether they're in my OneDrive or, or maybe group sites. And I can now discover specifically files in the OneDrive interface, and we call that the Discover tab. And I won't go on and on, but we really have not just Delve as where we use the machine learning of the Microsoft Graph, but we really have it throughout the suite, even in the app level. If you look at some of the things we're doing with Office in Outlook, obviously, to help you weed through your email, and in things like Microsoft Word, where I'm working on a document, and in the document, I can use the graph to find related content that I may want to pull in. might even be a graph that's in a PowerPoint or even something that's just in another Word document. And instead of switching context and going and finding and searching, right there I can see the most relevant information based on me, the topic I'm working on, and then you know hopefully you know, get to that quicker time to market of me finishing what it is I signed up to do. So that discovery engine for us, becomes discovery experiences. Delve being prime example. If you really want to know, like, what is this collective data that is now available to me? Delve will show you, and it's purely driven by machine learning. It's purely driven by that artificial intelligence that we call the Microsoft Graph. But as you start to pick apart and really enhance the experience of maybe something that's more explicit work with the additive of that intelligence layer bringing in additional context or information, that's where we see that balance of, you know, we want you to not necessarily always be in discover mode. We want you to be uh, 
do you know getting productive and and uh, producing things. But when you need to go find things, we again hope they find you and hope they now find you in context. And final little uh, thought there is search. Search, of course, can bring back a lot of great results, and it may bring back exactly what you want, but you might have to sift through or get a couple of pages into it to really find the thing that's most relevant to you. And that's what we're doing with personalized search. We're bringing that relevant engine that, again, Microsoft Graph, to help fine-tune the, here's a bunch of results. These are the ones that are most likely, based on sort of the smarts of the machine, are going to help you find that thing much quicker. The I think you, you have a very cogent way of putting this. To me, this fits into an overall industry trend. I mean, obviously, machine learning is everywhere you look and is a natural thing when you have a lot of data, as Microsoft does, to apply in, in order to make search and discovery better. Graph search, which has been around mm, about 10 years, I think Microsoft has done more in that in the last three years than anybody else. You know, I, I did a, a, a teardown of Google Springboard, which came out in October, and it's really a derivative from my standpoint. It's, it's following almost exactly what Microsoft has been doing with the Microsoft Graph for about three years, but without as many signals or as much depth or as much real experience. So it's you know, I think, Mark, you're on the vanguard. <laughs> well, I, I would agree with you, and not, not only to just sort of position from a competitive standpoint, but it just in a reality of, I think, how the graph works. You know, we, we put it in place really to build the muscle before there was even the user interface that is now Delve, and Delve is just now one user interface. But I think the value of the graph is that it follows you and it grows over time. Certainly by how we program it, how we see people using it, obvious explicit feedback that we get on sort of hopes and dreams of I like this, I wish it did that, uh, to which we're very tuned to. You know, once you start to get the, the depth of the graph, like you said, signals from lots of different places, and certainly looking at our overall offering and how it spans wherever and however the customer is deployed. You, you may have a search index that is purely cloud-based, and that's great. You, you certainly have to know sort of where is your content and then where can you get the best smarts off of that, especially as the, the growth. I mean, one, one of the metrics that we look at specific to search in our realm is a 10% growth month over month of just the index alone. You know, you can go on and on about the data, the documents, the email. The, there's a plethora of the actual repository of content. But just look at the growth of the index. And a lot of that for us spans both online and hybrid. So a lot of our intelligence layer, which is, again, looking at the interactions and the interplay between people and content, and then layering on a, a kind of a, a way to weed through all of that, the source of it being where the content lives, the search index itself, and then that layer of the graph that is in between before you really hit the user interface, um, we see not only just that we've been around for a while, but we've been really growing and refining the what the graph uh, collects in terms of signals from multiple workloads, documents, people interactions, groups that you belong to. And then when you start to span that with on-premises, we get, of course, a lot of content from our customers these days in a hybrid mode. And so if somebody can discover content from a cloud-based user interface that includes on-premises content, and that's possible because 
they haven't fully migrated to the cloud or maybe they won't fully migrate to the cloud because they have some workloads that either won't or they don't want to move to the cloud. And that could be a point in time we, we learn more and more over time what the breadth of hybrid really means to some of our customers. Um, but when you look at sort of just that, that significance of having started and to continue to refine and, of course, adapt and, and collect more and more of those signals, um, it's a changing landscape. I think that's real value of a graph-based search experience is it's not search one and everything from the start of time. Um, you can, of course, get there. There's nothing that blocks you from going through initially a discover phase to ultimately then an explicit search. Uh, if you need to go back either further in time or, or a little bit beyond your sphere of relevance. But more and more, if we get it right, and we think this new experience is really helping us refine that, um, you know, we really do go beyond just your common search. And, and I won't go to that old competitive statement of, you know, 10 blue links and keep scrolling. Um, but it really is more of a, of a what type of content you're looking for. Were you actually looking for a person and, and how you go about that? Uh, we do think we're, uh, you know, entering in a lot of new territory. We think we've been there for a while and we've got a lot more to learn and go do. Um, and it is interesting to see, you know, uh, competitors like Google and others that are starting to kind of take that tact. But certainly we think, you know, it's going to take a little while for them just to grow that muscle and, and maybe their sphere of where they can grow into has its own limitations. I think it does. I want to translate a couple of points for listeners of the podcast that may or may not be aware of some some background here. The first point is that the graph is sort of an outgrowth of the search index. So when Mark talks about the search index growing month on month, quarter on quarter, et cetera, that's counts for both traditional search and also for the Microsoft graph, uh, because uh, structurally the, the graph is a plug-in to the search index in Office 365. The second point that you alluded to, Mark, that I wanted to explain for folks has to do with signals and relevancy and the fact that if content is inactive, it sort of tails off. There's really a sliding time window, so things that are older then uh, you tell me if this has changed, but I think it's 90 days, really don't show up. And that's a way to keep clutter out of the search experience and make sure that the things that are trending and new get their airspace. And then the, the third item, which has to do with you know hybrid, is available in the craft because of the cloud hybrid search, which you'll see Oh, four or five other podcasts on that very subject in the Shared Insights series. So just to uh, do a quick aside, Mark, to I, I know that you and I live this every day, but some listeners may not know those points. Yeah, I, I certainly don't want to skip over anything. Uh, and But also, you know, as we target into this, I think, becoming more and more common language, you know, uh, it shouldn't always be sort of the mystery of how it works. It's very much built very specifically in how it can benefit what it builds off of. Uh, you know, if you look at presentations we've done or if you go to do a little reading beyond the podcast, there is that explicit structure of there's content in a lot of places. And that, that for Office 365 means lots of different content types as well. And certainly that we span to on-premises. And the holistic look is where is your content? What is it? And then what types of activities happen around it? 
and, and some of those are pretty straightforward. You share a document, uh, you open a document, you share it with somebody else, you edit the document and modify it. All those are signals, some weaker than others, some stronger than others, that are telling us how engaged are you either with that content or with that those people that are active around the content. Um, and that sort of bubbles up to then all of that content is always being freshly crawled. You know, and if you have a, a search crawler on premises or you connect up to the cloud and you have now a unified search index, or if you're cloud only, regardless, at the end of the day, those search indices are always up to date and fresh. And that is something that, you know, we've very much improved over time in terms of being able to quickly, even if you create a document within minutes, to have that be something that either you can refine if you need to get back to your work, which is important, or for others to discover. And if you've set certain permissions on them, of course, that's as fresh or if not more fresh than the discovery of it because we adhere to that. But if you've got an open environment and you're working in a group of, say, let's say three or 400 people that are a part of a common group, and each of those individuals may be a part of like 10 or 15 groups at the norm, and as you start to see the relationships of multiple people who are grouped together because of multiple groups, that's where we start to gain those relationships beyond the content. Um, so if you get it into that graph layer, the graph has to be current because your job will change day after day, week after week, month after month. Not necessarily your role, but who you work with, what you're working on. There could be a big product launch coming up, big sales proposal, or you're doing research for an internal, um, uh, you know, just research project to see if something's viable in a planning phase. And those are going to be pretty active, relatively speaking, short-term activities that are going to benefit the most from the discovery phase. And that has to be relevant. It has to be a targeted uh, experience based on your now, not just your companies, you know, five months ago. Uh, and so that graph, we think, has to be as fresh, if not fresher. And, and that is something that was a part of what we talked about in the most recent announcement of how we're making the graph itself more personalized, more relevant, and even more performant in that it's fresher with content, fresher with interactions. And if you do something that pulls right into the graph and feeds out to other people that are in your rel relevance sphere, uh, and so absolutely. And then from the user experience, then it's just getting it right making sure that people, when they discover something, they know exactly what they discovered, they know why they discovered it, and, of course, they can get to the content. Um, and if they can't get to the content, most likely, like we talked before, their permissions would block them from ever seeing it in the first place, so they won't spend their time you know, getting something that's blocked or in inaccessible to them. So, Mark, I'm curious, from the adoption perspective, the, the graph surfaces now in a number of different places as you as you described and even more with this announcement with the the tab in OneDrive but how is Delve as an application as an experience doing yeah I, I don't have um, you know sort of the exact numbers to be able to share with you but uh, one interesting metric is of course every customer in office 365 has the ability to opt out of the graph um, which is something just from an IT control perspective we offer. We got a lot of feedback in the early days in terms of levels of control, and we can certainly cover that. But but we think the right controls are in place now to opt in at the tenant level or opt out. Or as individuals, uh, individual users could also opt out of, 
of being a participant in the graph, um, which does a number of things, but it certainly doesn't, um, uh, you know, doesn't completely devalue their entire Office 365 experience. But just from, uh, you know, we have it opted in for everybody when you either are a member of Office 365 or you join. Uh, and we see, you know, within the 5 to 10% of companies that opt out, meaning 95% or higher, keep opted in. And, and you know, you can judge a few percentage of that of people who maybe aren't yet aware of Delve or haven't come across it. But a lot are. You know, it's, it's promoted right in the app launcher. It's there to click on when people uh, start to review and start to come up to speed with everything that Office 365 has to offer. There, of course, is your standard search, and there is discovering. We, we certainly promote it right alongside email, calendar, team sites, document management, and, and others. So um, we see a good trend of people keeping it on. And the feedback that we get from people who opt out, we see it more that they opt out initially. Um, because they don't maybe fully understand a lot of, of, of what it offers or have that initial perception that, wow, it exposes a lot of content to a lot of people that maybe they weren't exposed to or maybe we didn't want them to be exposed to. And we cover that in full. One of the blogs that I wrote um, uh, about two weeks before this announcement was just around what is the security and privacy of Delve. And, of course, embedded in that is really what is the security and privacy of the graph. Um, so we see a lot of people who leave it on. We see a lot of people who then go through a pilot phase and turn it on. And we see, of course, those that wanted the control or find that they need the control for a period of time do opt out and, and don't necessarily completely lose value of search or lose value of working with other people. Uh, because when they opt out of the graph, it doesn't mean a big red X in places. Um, the Delve tile goes away. And some of the experiences like the Discover tab and OneDrive for Business wouldn't appear. But certainly they can go and they could see their files. They could see files that are trending around them from a search perspective because we still do things like shared with me and most recent files, and we get that off of the search index. And at a point in time, if they were ever to turn the graph on, they'd come right back into play and, and start to get into the discover phase. Um, so uh, we see it growing. Uh, we see still a ton of feedback on what people would like to do next in Delve that people are interested in the graph and start to see like, oh, okay, that 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 part of that user interface is actually more dynamic and alive and actually things that I don't have to program explicitly, but balanced with something where I want everybody in my company to view this video. I want everybody to see this particular document when they're on the team site. I want everybody, you know, to not necessarily just pass something over. And maybe it is older than 90 days, but it's still important because you know, it was a part of our, our yearly uh, planning phase, and it's sort of a go-do for the whole company for the year. So we have the balance of the explicit, but but we see a lot of people are, are using and just clicking and certainly experiencing that discover element. We get a lot of great numbers in Dell, and, of course, as we start to see how many people click on the discover tab, what do they do when they do that? You know, the telemetry shows us we're trending in the right direction, and looking at how you speak about search and discovery, looking at how, uh, you know, the different analysts across the industry are speaking about it and thinking around even just converting the search uh, quadrant or the search waves or, you know, wherever you see that what analysts have looked at in the past, they're starting to talk in terms like insight engines. And we took part in that, and we'll, we'll certainly see how those results come in their first uh, survey. But we think we had a really strong offering, a really strong start, and to see the trends going in that direction, 
we think build off of a lot of what we've done, a lot of what obviously competitors are doing as well, and across the landscape that that is starting to become more and more uh, adoptable by end users once they get through that little either security privacy perception or what am I seeing? And, and we think we've done a nice job in the UI to show why are you seeing what you're seeing? Yeah, for, for uh, what it's worth, we work with a lot of customers uh, with a graph because our products at BA Insight both feed it external content structure as well as use it as a, as a source of uh, key information to drive our experiences. So I, I admit that I have a little bit of a lens of those customers, those that have external content that they're feeding into the graph. But it's been qualitatively different in the last six, nine months from being a, okay, this is cool, but how do I use it, to being clear scenarios in you know, new employee onboarding or project startup or continuous, you know, research and situational awareness as specific things that people can actually articulate that they're doing with Delve. So it, it really seems like something is turned the corner. One of the things I, f I feel like I hear you saying a, a few times, which I certainly uh, I think is innovative in just hearing what you're doing, but I think it also centers around that m the most important thing that the graph tracks is people. You know, if it was a people portal in the past, we, we have one internally that we built, like a lot of our customers. We call it Dr. Whom, W-H-O-M. And it is just that, based on uh, the skills that people list for themselves, their interactions, you know, throughout the course of time at their history at Microsoft and and whatnot, and, and there was sort of the, the search-based experience of I go here and I want to find somebody who I don't know their name or I heard their name and I don't know exactly how to spell it, and that will help me whittle into finding that person so I can reach out and work with them. And, and I think that's really almost half, if not even more, of the value in the graph that will play into those types of scenarios, but also is just the base of importance of people are oftentimes looking for other people, whether it's somebody who can help answer a question, has already done some work in this space and they can leverage their work, or is just somebody that maybe they're looking to work with and, and mind meld for a bit. And I, I think the graph can help you basically put people at the center of whatever the experience is, put them at the center of the search, put them at the center of collaboration, put them at the center of a lot of places, and have them be such a participant in the graph and how the graph is then influenced and guides and directs you, that you're building off of that I think is hugely important. Um, and it kind of reminds me of at least one of the things that we're doing that, that seems like we're thinking in the same way is we have, in a contextual and sort of an in-app experience, built people being able to discover based on the people that they're interacting with. And we call those people cards. Uh, and it's something that, that certainly is uh, we're just getting started with. And, you know, it's not necessarily a full portal like you would think or like you have maybe built. But it's just that I found somebody and I want to learn more about them. And I think there's a lot of scenarios like a before I reply all, boy, I want to know more about who this Jeff guy is. And, it, you know, if I can say something in a different way or maybe specifically ask them because it looks like they may, they may have the answer. Um, or before I go to a meeting, sort of that meeting prep scenario. Yeah. And the, the people cards which were unveiled that Ignite this fall are, are, are quite cool, Mark. I like the idea of, of 
in particular that they show up in different experiences rather than trying to be their own thing. And I, uh, I can't wait until you fully hooked LinkedIn into this, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, you probably can't talk about that, but it seems yeah, like an ob obvious, obvious play to me. Yeah, it's it's a. I think you you kind of heard what you know the Satya level, why LinkedIn is valuable to Microsoft, and we hope that just translates as why is it valuable to Microsoft's customers. Uh, but there is sort of this new graph, uh, and you're right. I I can't necessarily speak to any specific plans, and it's early days, uh, regardless, because it you know really acquisition just closed the end of last year, and teams have been sort of working hard to come up with what do we do first. Uh, and some of that will just be how does LinkedIn itself improve? You know, they've already got an engine and they're going to continue their work. There's a lot that we're doing around, you know, how can we take this awareness of people working with other people? And if they are not within their company, what do we know about them? If there's public information, how can we add that to the productivity activities? Um, and so I think there's a lot of room for when you're working with people, what can you learn about them if they're not a part of your company? and they have public information, how can we bake that into your email experience or reviewing somebody's profile or whatnot? And so uh, it, it definitely gives us a, a bigger uh, environment to play in. And if we do it right from an API perspective, every surface area that we've mentioned, uh, yours that you're building, obviously the ones that we're building, and that opportunity to build custom will then just get greater and, and I think even more targeted but certainly, initially, it will be more of the breadth of there won't be these silos of uh, lack of information on somebody. If they've put out information about themselves and they're okay to share, that will always be the pivot. You know, if you think about the, the rules of robotics, no computer will do any harm, uh, you know, if programmed by a human. That is something that we follow. Artificial intelligence down through the exposure of the graph through these user interfaces will only try to promote what is available to promote. And if it's available, then there's just the depth of what do you do with it. Uh, so I think, you know, not necessarily drilling too much into Isaac Asimov, but... Yeah, I, I love the robot's rules of orders. I thought <laughs> yeah. about that for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's I, one of my yeah. favorite things. Although I have to admit, I, as soon as I start getting LinkedIn requests that say, are you Sarah Connor? Then I'll know we're on the wrong oh. rules of robotics. <laughs> That's right. Come with me if you want to search. Or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there really is that, right? You know, there really is that now we're putting this middle layer in between the content and the people that we work with, and we need to trust it. Office 365, if you look at our offering, I, I hope our competitors are thinking the same way because it will only pay out if they do, I, I think, just from a, you know industry perspective. But it does have to be a, in quotes, entity that you can trust. Uh, and what you put in, if you want to sort of in the new way work out loud, meaning don't put too many permissions on your content if it's okay to share, you know, there are going to be more and more people that will come across the goodness that you do. And it might even help you get your job done faster because maybe fewer people were sending you that same email request or, you know, that same search that was sort of driving people a little bit crazy in the past. Like, I can't find this. Now it's more turning to, hey, I found this, and maybe I have a refinement question, or do you mind if I use it because I've got this thing next week? Um, but it has to be a trustworthy source, and you know, if you go to the trust center, which is sort of where we center everything around security and compliance, nothing that we've talked about throughout this whole podcast, nothing that we're building, nothing that we will build in the future breaks any of those barriers so that if you do trust, 
how we store your content, how people can search and find and share. There's nothing in the graph that, that changes that, and there's nothing that with the graph itself changes the what you can take with you if you need to or what you can get out of it. It's very much pivoted around you, your company, your team, and however you uh, set rules around those uh, that content or, or access is, is something we only can adhere to, we can't change. Mark, what's next for you? You know, what's what's on the drawing board? You know, what what are you driving to as a next step now that you have this news out? Uh, so there's a couple explicit things. You know, certainly we're building this as a new personalized search experience in Delve. And in the blog, we talked about it coming to other environments where there is, you know, your search box. And, and a big one for us is the SharePoint homepage. And certainly the things that we're trying to learn from, not only do we want that search experience to be a common type of experience from wherever you're searching from. So if you're in Delve and you perform a search or you're in the SharePoint home and you perform a search, the results should be obviously based on that same uh, personalized graph experience. So it's more uh, intuitive, not a different experience as you go from app to app. So we're really looking to bring that common search experience to multiple in-app search boxes. Uh, that certainly build up and lead to what we have thought of in the past is the Enterprise Search Center. Um, that does not go away. There's a lot of our customers who invested in building their own version of relevancy there. Of course, there's custom use, user interface and a lot of search scoping and best bets kind of things. That, that doesn't go away. But when we see people searching in different uh, apps, we want to bring in that, that common search experience. And in addition to that, we're looking at does it make sense to build it in context? So if I'm searching from SharePoint, the workload is more around sites and portals, and of course the content activity within those sites and portals. And do we leverage, you know, sort of results set that's initially based on the workload? Or do we level it and wherever you search from, you will get that common experience across the workload? So the, the team is really looking at that both in-app experience and contextual. Um, and then one of the things that I don't have a specific date on, but I'm pretty excited about uh, the concept of what we call the WhoBot, all yeah. one word, W-H-O-B-O-T. And it's going to be a component of the new Microsoft Teams chat-based experience. And so where you could say, hey, WhoBot, and you literally type this in to the WhoBot, and you either say, who is Mark Cashman? And there will be a, a result that is basically the people card of, for Mark, which is... What's Mark's title? Where does he sit? You know, what are some of the things that we know from either Active Directory or the graph? But we also are taking the pivot of it is actually when you type into the WhoBot, you're going to query the graph. If it's a person's name, that's pretty easy for us to look it up and bring back a result. But if I actually wanted to type in um, who in the East region knows about sales, we will still query the graph. And, of course, we have the Active Directory sort of people information, and we'll blend with the closest match that we can get based on some of those pivots of, are they a salesperson? Are they in the East region? You know, and then whatever else was in the query. And so WhoBot will result back still a person's people card, but based on sort of that logic of a topic or of, a, of an area of interest, like people portals of the past, but right now being built based on a bot that queries the graph, right inside the chat. So that's, I think, one prime example of, of something that's coming pretty soon that's based off the same elements that we've been talking about and lends itself to be sort of a bot example of what you can do when you query the graph. And 
this might be a little tangential, but I just went to a session that was at the Office 365 user group uh, last week, and there was a great presentation by a guy uh, who was basically using Amazon Alexa to query the graph through the Microsoft Graph API to bring back information from his Exchange calendar. And it was really cool, and he walked through on how he did it as a developer, and I think we'll, we'll be you know, putting a lot more of those examples and samples from a natural user interface. Nothing that really me or my team owns, but if you see sort of from a developer offering, I think there's a lot of great samples and examples that can get people's brains cooking. Uh, and so I think there's a lot that, uh, you know, will contribute uh, in sort of the GitHub way to showcase working with the Google Home, with Cortana, with Alexa, and trying to really explore what does it mean when you do a natural language search and you add that graph intelligence on it. So that, that might be a little bit down the road um, and certainly more of a custom approach. But I think there's a lot that you'll see us do with the graph. Uh, you know, we, we lightly teased out, you know, the, the LinkedIn graph is something that will become available and certainly is of interest to provide value very quickly on. Um, and you'll see us bring out new experiences within Delve. Uh, you know, we, we want to get more of those social interactions so that the signals that we talked about, you know, the signals being who interacted with this content or who also joined another group, added to that, there will be some of those explicit, I liked this content, or I want to bring a notification closer to home, and what is a person's reaction to that notification? And so we think there's a social fabric that is always growing, and the more intent that we can show and how things are trending or give some buttons that people can click on to actually enhance not only the awareness to the owner, like, great, I'm glad I created something new, I'll keep doing that, but it also puts it into the collective of a lot of people found value in that, and so now it's trending and maybe other people are, are being exposed to it than before because it was shown to be of, of value. Uh, and so we want to give some of those bells and whistles to kind of click into something and give it a little bit more of a nudge, which really just helps the graph become smarter and more uh, toned to what the the group is doing. Very cool. So I'd say watch this space. Of course, BA Insights also quite active in that. And, uh, in particular, the, the natural language query element. And I'd, I'd refer you to the podcast we did on Teams. And I like that you have a WhoBot. It's like a to join the T-Bot and the upcoming M-Bot or the, the, doc, the, the Dr. Seuss. One, one bot, two bot, three bot, who bot? Yeah. Uh, do, you think, do you think there'll be a, a B-A-Bot? Uh, Bob-Bot? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm hoping I can get each of you to commit the direction of your respective companies on a scoop here. So oh. I want a Bob-Bot, and I'm going to need a Cortana bookshelf speaker. So whatever you guys can commit to. Wow. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, you know, everybody's got a little R and D spend laying around. Why not? That's right. That's right. The laying around couch money. Let's do it. This has been fantastic. Mark Cashman, senior product manager on the SharePoint team. Thank you so much for your time and uh, indispensable uh, guidance on this new, uh, on, on this uh, latest news, and just the industry at large. We sure appreciate it. Oh man, it's it's been my pleasure. I, I certainly ducking in out of the rain and sharing some of what we're doing and talking with you know with Jeff and yourself about things that you are also excited about and like what we're doing uh, is only fodder for maybe to do this again in the future. We'd love to have you back, Mark. Um, I know that you also own the Intelligent Intranet. I'll shoot you. You know, I did a bunch of video. Uh, 
things to ask people what they thought the intelligent internet was. Ooh, um, like and they're, some of them are very funny. Uh, you know, one guy was like, I don't have any clue what an intelligent intranet is, but I know what a stupid intranet is. That's what I have now. Um, nice. Oh, I'd, I'd love to see what the responses are. I, I know that at the outset, you know, if people can just think what was a static experience is now more dynamic. And, of course, maybe that is even sort of um, a little bit obscure in of itself. I think is that, like, we hear customers saying, hey, this past experience was okay. But now, you know, we want something that's more fresh, more dynamic, you know, more something that is actually relevant to me, not something that I saw the same thing a week, a month, a year ago. Uh, and so hopefully, I'd love to see those answers. And hopefully some of them were sort of like, oh, the intelligent internet is one that isn't static, isn't something that I wouldn't go back to. Jeff, did you make those public? Are those are, are those videos available? They're right on BA Insights webpage. We will post a link to those in the show notes as well. Just swipe up in your podcast app uh, and uh, you'll see all of the links to the resources we mentioned here today. And uh, you can learn more about the latest news from Microsoft and Mark and everything else at BA Insight. Thank you so much. On behalf of Jeff Freed and Mark Cashman, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you right here next time on Shared Insights the podcast from BA Insight.